all seed code today. Call or text the healthcare service line at 901-713-9720. That's 901-713-9720. During these challenging times, have a peace of mind. Stay covered or get covered today. Seedco is not an insurance agency. We are a nonprofit here to serve the whole person with free programs designed to fit your needs. Call today, 901-713-9720 or visit seedco.org slash midsouthlync. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at J at J Wright 929 ESPN over in the main studios. The commercial appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee. Barely tied for eight. Best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. You can take that opening and st- stuff it in your pipe and smoke it, Jeffrey. Mm. Is that how he said it? How, how did Mike Malone say it? It was great. It's like there's no way, there's no way you smoke a pipe. Well, first off, I was trying to think. Who smokes pipes When's anymore? the last time you heard someone say, put that in your pipe and smoke it? Yeah. Here's uh, this was this was what he had to say. A lot of our guys, to be honest, they may not admit this or not. You know, uh, you win game one of the playoffs, and all everybody talked about was the Lakers. Let's be honest. That was a national narrative. Was hey, the Lakers are fine. They're down one zero, but they figured something out. No one talked about Nikola. Just had a historic performance. He's got 13 triple doubles now, third all time. What he's doing is just incredible, but the narrative wasn't about the Nuggets. The narrative wasn't about Nicola. The narrative is about the Lakers and their adjustments. So, you know, you put that in your pipe, you smoke it, and you come back, and you know what? We're going to go up 2-0. Interesting. So you put that in your pipe and you smoke it. Well, Jeffrey. I was I, by the way, I've never nailed something like making him an honorary Van Gundy. <laughs> <laughs> he fits right in. Well, did you know... I, so I just I just decided to look it up. The origins of put put that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, the earliest. No, I do not. Yes, the earliest occurrence that people have found of this saying was 1822 in a the public le- ledger and daily advertiser um, in London, England. I was going to say this has to be a British thing. Right? It was a theatrical review. Um, the phrase is associated with a probably stereotyped Irish character and with the working class who occupied the pit and galleries. Um, yes, put that uh, <laughs> the humorous character of an Irishman who finds his way into the service of the Prince of Persia and becomes one of his principal officers. <laughs> he better realize, and then he told someone to put that in your pipe and smoke it as part of the play. I, I just... Don't think I've heard that in like 15 years. Yeah. Well, the Lakers, you can put that in your pipe. And Was that directed at the Lakers or it was more directed at like everyone else, right? I think it was mainly direct, directed at, at like the debate shows, right? Yeah. And like the media. Yeah. You know, the media, all the media smoking their pipes. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is funny because we were talking about it off the air yesterday. It's like. It was somewhat refreshing to hear him like say that out loud, but I can't believe he said it out loud. But we figured that had to be something that would that would bother them, and clearly it did. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was another uh, not a great game in terms of like the whole game, like a well played game, but a tense game, fun game in the playoffs last night. So um, we'll talk about that. It's Friday, end of the week. So what we do on Fridays is we're going to talk about what we are going to be talking about coming out of the weekend. Um, it'll be interesting. We got PGA Championship. We got these playoff games, but it's you know it's we're we're starting we're really starting to slow down, Jeffrey. Oh, like, there's no question. Like games of the weekend at the end of today's show. Like there's not that many games. Listen, with with all due respect to our good friends at CBSSports.com, mm-hmm. when one of the top stories on the website is should Major League Baseball 
realign their divisions, that's when you know where we are on the calendar. When you when you have the the let's talk about something that definitely won't like be like when you're just throwing out theories and like mm-hmm. ideas, like half baked ideas. If you're throwing out something that would just basically course, used to happen on Simmons podcast, it's Mount Rushmore season. Not yet. No, that's you it's have July. to get, Yeah, Rushmore season really peaks in July. Yeah. <laughs> it's like post NBA finals. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, no, so we'll talk about all that. 240 or so, Blake Topmeyer will join us. We'll get his thoughts on uh, all the realignment. Uh, it's almost like we're this year, because the last two years we've been caught by surprise by a yeah, realignment. Yeah, we decided we're not going to get caught we're, by no surprise. We're not getting caught by surprise. We're just going to, we're just going to. We're gonna push the push the envelope here as reporters and as pundits talking about conference realignment. It, stuff might not be ready. No yeah. take left unsaid. No. Yeah. Listen, there still might be twenty more minutes left for it in the oven. It doesn't matter. We're no. gonna we're gonna take some Get, yep. we're gonna take some scoops out of that pot. We, we got customers. Um. So we'll talk about that with Blake Topmeyer. Three o'clock or so. We will get into the list. Um. We've got some some stadium news to get into the the Oakland A's Las Vegas move might not be so certain uh just yet um also uh Victor Hovland I'm 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 a little uh, I'm a little I'm a little in I'm I'm not buying Victor Hovland's that upset about his clothing okay we can discuss because I I did see the comments okay um and then we'll get into like I said our games of the weekend but let's start what are we talking about coming out of the weekend and well, I think it's it, it's fitting. You know, we've spent most of the week talking about John Morant, and so my question is because I sense today, even you know, like put it at, put that in your pipe and smoke it is getting a lot more uh, talk than uh, all the smoke John Morant was facing. Um, feels like the story's already starting to slow down, um, and took a while. Like this was this was like a. This was like a boulder coming down a mountain, if you will. It takes a while, you know, when when you do what Jod did last weekend, given the the history of, you know, sort of what he had done over the past year. You know, that, that's like an avalanche of bad coverage, um, and it takes have, a while to slow down. Did this story have more legs than you anticipated? I mean, I think yes. we both knew on like it was obvious this was going to be different than the I didn't video think of this would have crossover appeal right. to like. I didn't think we were going to have the CNN roundtables. Yes, I didn't think so either. Um, but so that that's the question: Are we going to still be talking about John Morant and and his gun waving ex- escapades coming out of the weekend? My gut says no. The story's not over. Like whenever that suspension comes down, we're going to get another whole other round of think pieces and you know j- you know jaw sort of state of the jaw addresses, if you will. Um, but. Until that suspension is announced, my gut tells me the story is kind of going to be on the, you know, here locally it'll still be a story. But I mean, like, nationally in terms of, I think it'll I think it'll fade a little bit until the actual suspension is announced. See, I was willing to declare it done when we started seeing yesterday when there were, when you reach the point in which someone has a piece that is arguing against an argument that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. which... Dan Wetzel, I believe. Had Wetzel, that. it yeah. was, uh, of course, John Morant uh, should be suspended. Uh, even the most supportive of all the John Morant takes that we all saw, everyone acknowledged there was going to be a suspension. Yeah. When you officially got to that take, that was when you realized there's nothing left there's to nothing. say. No, and like picked- today, today, the notable take is from Lil Wayne. And it's like, okay, all right. Yeah, when, when, when Lil Wayne's weighing in, yeah, I mean, to me... The question, though, is, in your mind, is there? We also in- had we got we got Draymond's thoughts too. I was glad to hear that. You know, yeah, he's uh, he's he's really concerned about Josh shoe sales to kids. <laughs> to me, I think I think the story is essentially done until you get the announcement of the punishment. Yeah. So the oh, real- yeah, that, that starts a whole other round. So are we talking about it on Monday? I mean, the only way I think we're talking about it on Monday is if they newsed up a punishment today. Yeah. Doesn't it almost feels like I've been thinking about this, you know, just from a, you know, I work for a news outlet. You know, you try and anticipate these things, and especially because I'm going to be on vacation. I have this, I have this fear slash anticipation that Friday 
right before Memorial Day weekend is when we get the punishment potentially because it'll get it will get lost over Memorial Day week. You know, you give yourself 3 days between the time you drop the punishment and all those debate shows appearing on air again. Well, and this just feels like a time when a lot of like the prominent names they all they're going to take time off too. Yes. So, and then you'll have a bunch of games presumably too if these series go the full length. Between- I thought today actually made some sense in in this regard. You're early enough in the conference finals that if you news dump it today, it'll be done it'll be done by next week. You'll allow the end of the you'll allow the end of the conference finals to like have their own forum. It doesn't overshadow it. But I think the biggest problem and again, this is speculation more than anything. I really get the sense that Silver's going to Silver's going to probably negotiate the punishment. And I don't know if there's been enough time for that. Like I think yeah. I don't think the number's gonna be a shock. I don't think the number's gonna be a shock to the players union. No. No, I don't think so either. Um well, because are you buying like it's funny, like Tim McMahon, have you heard his reporting is like he think the reason why you're hearing all of these and this is why I think I'm not buying a lot of what these guys are saying in terms of like, oh, like people want it to be half a season. It's like Tim McMahon was saying basically like other agents think this is a bad look for the whole NBA because like the the way people see Ja Morant is how they're going to see every other player in the NBA. And like they feel like Ja Morant needs to have a harsh penalty because of that. And I now I'm starting to clue into why these guys are all going. So it's with, the agents been. It's talking. the agents okay. that have been. That's my. That's what I'm taking away from this is the agents are spinning this, and it's like one. It, it's sort of what you brought up a second ago, like stuff no one's actually saying. Like I don't think anyone is going. Oh, like John Morant does this. Every other NBA player does this. If anything, it's the opposite. It's like. I look at it as like, Ja, what the hell are you doing? No other NBA players doing this stuff. No, it's it's you know? the whole thing that we've talked about. Like when people were trying to to make like certain takes, it's like there's no other player right now that seems to have a problem preventing himself from going live with guns on Instagram. Yeah, that was I'm mean, honestly like that's kind of what Draymond said. Like, like Draymond was kind of like like I don't understand why the younger guys want to go on Instagram live so much. Yeah, and I mean. I will say, you'd mentioned, was it Bet Missouri? Who sent you the odds? Who sent you the odds for Caleb Love? There was another one of those PR gambling companies that, so they were breaking down. Odds on the suspension? No, they were were breaking down value per video on social, like what each guy can make. Ja was like seventh based on what he could make. I think it was a TikTok video, what he could make per video. I think now it has become, A, it's something that they've just grown up with, which is like, mm-hmm. it's so it's more, it's, I think it's more a part of it. But I think like, I think to a certain degree, there is like a branding element of this is, this is my marketing myself, which I think makes it even dumber. <laughs> well, um, yeah, so. I'm still not buying that he's going to. So, do you have a th- Jeff? Jeff and I were casually discussing this we, in in passing today. Why do you think this John ja Morant story mm-hmm. had legs that we didn't see before? Because, like, I went back and I looked on March fourth. I went on a very. I went on Wikipedia, twenty twenty three in the United States, March fourth. Basically, like the only like national news thing that was going on then. We were close to the Silicon Valley bank uh, mm-hmm. foreclosure or whatever, so getting, getting I, bought out. But it really wasn't a you know. I think there's probably several reasons. One, it's built. You know, like this built momentum. This whole jaw being a um, being in trouble story, if you will, or the jaw, you know, missteps angle. Like it's just been building steam really since. Like you start from the day that. TMZ story came out like December from that point on it's really like just steadily 
sometimes faster than other times, but steadily been building up momentum and building up awareness, I should say. You know, like more and more people being aware of, oh. Building up the character. Yeah, John Moran is this basketball star who can't seem to stay out of trouble. You know, and I'm like, this is the generalization that people, you know, have. And then I, I think it's this. I think it's comes on the it came on the heels of the Lakers series where it does feel like the Grizzlies as a villain that it peaked. You know, like that's, yeah, no, that's I, that it peaked in that. I'm not saying they weren't that again, that angle was building steam too, but very clearly, you know, entangling themselves with LeBron and the Lakers there in that series. And kind of having egg in there, I think that also built it up a little bit, you know, in terms of awareness um, of it. And then, I mean, with the guns, haven't we just had? We just had a very notable um, mass shooting. I mean, but I'm sure at that point we'd had another one. No, I know, but there was, like, you know, like the. Um, like, you know, there's been one in Nashville since, like, literally since March 4th. You had the thing in Nashville that was a huge deal, Re, you know, nationally. Yeah, but, like, and guns then you, were involved in, in the March one, too. No, like, I get it. But, like, I'm just saying it's been at the top of people's minds, especially recent in the last couple months. Like, I'm not saying, and, and gun control has been an issue at very, you know, has been an issue continuously for a while right now. But there's various points in times where the, I guess, the interest in the in the debate spikes because there's an event and jaws situation came right after a couple of spikes in awareness of that um and so i think there's that and then i also think it's you know it's you know march is like you know you're approaching march madness there's a lot of other stuff going on whereas now you know we were just talking about it at the top there's really just the nba playoffs going on right now yeah there's the stanley cup playoffs but there's you know there's nothing else to kind of drown out the story, if you will. And that's why, you know, like, ultimately it was the conference finals weren't enough to drone it out for two or three days. And so, yeah, I think it's a combination of factors, but I would say the biggest thing is that it's just like, it's like the sixth thing. If this was the first thing, just like the suspension wouldn't be as heavy, the attention on it wouldn't be as heavy. I don't know. I guess the thing, it definitely caught me by surprise to the degree. I, I had a pretty good feeling that this was obviously going to be a bigger story than the drinking one was the week before. But what what really kind of caught me by surprise, like, yeah, Dylan Brooks had the LeBronies old thing and the Grizzlies were leaning into the villain thing. But for the most part, since Ja returned, he was kind of like mopey and boring. Yeah. He really wasn't like yeah. all that in your face. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. This this one just kind of weirdly I don't know. I this this one took off beyond the sport. The crossover, the crossover appeal was what. And I also think the visceral reaction to this because it was like the same thing he had done Correct. before also added to the kind of like everyone kind of had a had a really vitriol t- initial reaction to this. Like your initial reaction without even if you were a supporter of Ja was like what the hell? <laughs> you know, like even if you're and so I think that also added to it too. Your initial reaction was just so you no, know your initial reaction is are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> like so I don't know though, but I think like I said, I think it's gonna die down now until the suspension's announced and then there'll be another round of whatever. And then honestly, we're not gonna hear from him for a long time, I don't think. You know, maybe <laughs> like Taylor. Suspended. Maybe maybe there'll be like a Taylor. But like, if he's suspended, do you think he'll wait to talk to anyone until he's not suspended, or will he go? You know, like what? I, I'll be curious to see what we. Uh, if if I were advising him, I would not do another sit down puff piece. I don't think that's going to help. Yeah. I think he should go sit down with like some reporter he trusts. Though do like one of those hour long. Sit downs where you know, he can really get the full context of his comments, and I, he should do that at some point. If I if I was advising John Morant, that I would whatever reporter you trust, whether it's Taylor Rooks or someone else, like I would I that would be something I wouldn't do it with Jalen Rose. I would do it, but I would do it with like a legitimate journalist, but someone you trust. And I disagree. 
You think I you think, should do it with like someone, some no, hard ass? No, I just think I don't think. I think anything that he says is going to come off as like a spin. Well, I'm not zone. saying do it in the no, next no, couple weeks. No, no, I know, but like my, my deal is, he has now reached the point where his words are going to be empty. Would yeah. you not agree with that? Yes fair, and no. Fair, fairly or unfairly, they are going to be perceived. Yes as empty. and no. I think. I think. I think if he says something now, like if he does it in the next couple weeks, yes. If you're telling me like we get to like September, October before the season starts, and he's you know, uh, I would I, I I maybe it comes off differently, or maybe he waits till right before he's going to come back, however long the suspension is. But um, I just don't think there's much to gain. I think he's now at the point where the only way he's changing hearts and minds is by proving it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that interview. I think all that interview does is like keep his name in the blogs. And yeah, I'm not more saying takes. it's now or even soon. I'm no, saying I, at I, some you're point. You're saying like this summer, like August, yeah. whatever, July, August. Like I understand that. I just think that all that does is invite. Like everyone has decided where they are, mm-hmm. how they feel about John ja Morant. That interview is not going to change anyone's mind, and all that's going to do is insert your name back in the blocks. Yeah, but like you also get in front of like. Does he want to have to deal with when he comes back having to, like, not only come back to a new team but deal with you know do what he had to do last time? Do all, like he's gonna have to talk about all this. At yeah, some yeah point. no, but but that's my whole deal. It's like you're better off just doing. You're he is at the point now where he is better off just quote unquote doing his job, and well, that means like, I do showing think for, up to for the, this off season. It's like be like I don't if. I think the best strategy for John Morant this offseason is if we do not know what John Morant is doing the rest of this offseason. Yeah, Does that I make sense? Totally you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like whether he's training or whatever, like I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, like or what whatever, seeking help or still partying or whatever. I just to me, if you're John Morant, what you want is literally not to have you know, like the only other time we hear about John Morant is like when he gets suspended. And then, you know. Do you think that happens? No, I don't. Do we think someone's gotten a hold of his? Has he has he tweeted anything other than his apology? No, I, I think he. We have not seen. Um, I don't think any sort of activity other than that. And Do I don't even think, think he, has, he tweeted that. That was sent out like via his agency. That statement was like sent out via his agency. You know, to different reporters. This is just speculative, but I'm just asking. Do you think right now he has he has access to all social? Uh, maybe, yeah. Because mm. if I'm his agent, the first thing I'm do- I would have done on Monday. Yeah, was, but like ultimately, like his no, agent me, can only your, do so your, much. No, like if John doesn't want to give it up. He doesn't, you know. Like it's his life. That's the been the whole problem. It yeah, seems but like I, with I, this. literally, here's he's been his, told certain things. But by here's whether what his it's agent the team can, or people around him could have said on Monday that he couldn't have said previously. This already cost you a supermax. Yeah, you're giving me the you're giving yes. me the accounts. I'm changing the password. You won't know what it is. I would take that approach, but again, a lot of this is up to Ja. Like ultimately, he's it's his life. He's got to be willing to do this stuff. I don't know. I, I as someone without any access to Ja right now, like I you know, and like most people, you know, I don't know exactly whether he is uh, exactly where his mindset is right now. Um, luckily, unlike the last time, he's got more time to get his life together, if you will. Like the last time, it was like trying to figure this out sure. on the fly yeah. to get back to the team. It's May 19th. He's got, you know, three, four months to figure it out. Um, maybe, you know, depending on the suspension, you know, maybe six months. Sure. You know, like we'll we'll see. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, at some point this is going to de- – die down and I suspect I suspect we've seen the worst. What do you think? I think this is more or less done. There'll be I, reaction to the suspension, but it's right. not going to be the level is, of what it was this week. I think this is more or less done until the suspension gets announced. Whatever the punishment is, then there will be another round. I suspect that that round will be a shorter round. Yes. It'll be like a one day. Yeah. Like the next day people will react to it and then that's that'll die. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Um, all right. Are we talking about coming out of the weekend two lopsided conference final series? Because by the time we get back on Monday, both series will have gone through game three. 
Obviously, last night, Lakers lose game two to the Nuggets. I'm part of that bias Mike Malone was talking about. Notice I didn't say the Nuggets took a 2-0 lead on the Lakers. I said the Lakers trailed 2-0 to the Nuggets. Um, And then tonight, we get game two of Celtics Heat. So basically, this question involved, like, do we have two 3-0 series when we come back on Monday? My gut says no. My gut says no. Buy or sell this. If we have a... 3-0 3-0 series, it's going to be Miami leading three to nothing. I uh, see. I'm selling that. I, I think. I think my. I think Boston's going to come out and blow them out tonight. Okay, so I suspect that, but I also feel pretty good about the Lakers holding serve game three. Yeah, I feel I, better about the. I'll say this. I feel better about the Lakers winning game three than I do right now. Like, if I had to guess, like we're going to do games of the weekend, and like ultimately the best games coming up. I think are going to take place on Monday and Tuesday. It's going to be the game fours of each of these series, if I had to guess. Those are going to be like the deciding games. I can buy that. The reason why... So I'd mentioned yesterday I was going to know in the first half. Mm-hmm. It was it was obvious to me, not even necessarily that, quote-unquote, the Lakers had figured something out against Denver, but the big thing for me was the Lakers did prove they could get the pace of the game to their liking. Mm-hmm. And... They did not do as good of a job on that on game one. Now, inevitably, they still, like, it is kind of funny. It feels like part of the Lakers' playoff success in the two previous series was when it became crunch time, they just made so, they made way fewer mistakes than either the Grizzlies or even the Warriors. Mm -hmm. But it feels like that has completely flipped on them. It feels like in these first two games, in these first two games, it feels like in crunch time, they're the ones making the like the catastrophic mistakes. Well, yeah. But it's also important to note, Denver has not lost at home this year in the playoffs, and neither of the Lakers. Yeah. So I'm still kind of at that spot where, as a lifelong Nugget fan of, of three days, I still feel good, but we haven't broken they've, serve yet. They've shown... The Lakers have shown me enough to suggest they could go and win both in L.A. Yes. Now, I will say this. Nuggets, much better road team than either the Warriors or the Grizzlies. Yes, um, no question. You know, and so um, that'll be interesting. And then when I watch that game, I mean, you can look at it a couple ways. Obviously, like Anthony Davis did not have a good game at all. He had one of the he had one of his disappearing games, if you will, for the most part. See Plashke's take. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, Hold on, I want to I want to make sure. Well, because you gets- know Plashke's in a tough spot if you're a columnist. Like he he. They, when they lost, remember they lost to the Clippers at the end of the towards yep. the end of the regular season. They got blown out, and he wrote like the the this team sucks. They're ne- there's this team's not. They may they may squeak their way into the playoffs, but they're not doing anything. They're well. not going anywhere. Yeah, you know, and you know, listen, it takes you know, like when you pull the trigger on that, you got you you're always aware that like you know, I better be. You know, it's like it's like when Pete, you know, Pete's very cautious about his. You know, hammer nail off. coffin, and Brevin sometimes gets on him for being a little too cautious and with his hammer nail coffin. Pete, but it's like I love him credit. No, and I would say is, to Brevin, it's not your butt on. It's not your. It's not your rep on the line well, here. And as Pete has pointed out, he has never said hammer nail coffin, and the Grizzlies turned out to lose. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a perfect. Re- and so, like, you got to be careful with these things. Yeah, but we got it. Pl- so Plachke already had to write like a mea culpa, and so now I feel like this is a. This is a, all right, well, I got to get, you know, I got to get, you know. Ultimately, at his roots, ultimately at Plachke's roots, you know deep down he doesn't think this team's very good. Column, where I ask, quite reasonably, who else is sick of Anthony Davis's disappearing act? Which, by the way, Mm. you don't get to be the judge of whether or not it's reasonable. We do. (laughs) And I love Plachke. He wins. No, he's a takes, but like. He won columnist of the year in the biggest division of the uh, Associated Press. Uh, and he's like, I, I love his writing um, and his style. But, uh, yeah, no, it's. Uh, but so Davis, Davis didn't have a good game. LeBron didn't shoot the ball well. And the reality is, though, like it came down to, I think, two things. One. Jamal Murray got insanely hot in the fourth quarter. Like, yes. was hitting – like, yeah, there were a couple shots. They let him – their problem was was that they went away from Schroeder and Vanderbilt at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And Murray 
caught fire because Murray's first couple shots were just bad defense by the Lakers because they didn't have a capable defender on him. And then by the time, one, they didn't go back to Vanderbilt because they were too scared of his offense. And so, but they went back to Schroeder, who's a pretty good defender, had done a nice job on Curry in the last series. But by that point, he's small. He's smaller. And by that point, Murray had caught, like, Murray was just, like, he was like, I've never, it's that, I've sort of, you know, when you play basketball, sometimes you get that feeling where everything that you let go goes in. And it, like, when an NBA player hits that feeling, it's like unbelievable. He, it it was when you were watching it and he he was just throwing stuff up there and it was going in. But like, even like when he let it go, you're like, that's in. Yeah. That's how hot he was. Yeah. And so that was a, that was probably an, uh, an error by, you know, that, that helped things. And then, I thought the interesting sequence to me was, so you have LeBron take the flop on Jokic. Well executed. Like, I know Van Gundy and them get on the flop and stuff. Like, a good well executed flop is like fun. I'm not saying it's the best part of basketball, but I thought LeBron's was a well executed flop. Gets the call, lands in the crowd, gets the drink Mm, poured on him. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can go down this path with you. But here's what I'm going to say. That's, not, that's beside the point. But I liked how the Denver fan I'm, gave him the I will, towel. I, I thought this. that was nice. I am not in this nice camp touch. get rid of the charge. I do think taking a charge is a defensive play. Yeah. I think taking a like I think a well-executed flop is still cheating. Okay. Well, you got that. But then the, the point I'm making, though, is then Jokic yep. responds with his own well-executed Correct. flop. No question. Although, and, and it was like watching, like, Picasso and Monet at the same time paint. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, and then you could tell LeBron was like, I'll be, like, you could tell from his face, I'll be, you know, like, I'll be damned. Like, Jokic got me, you know, it, it was like, he was laughing, but also it was like, oh, it's on. And LeBron, I think, took it, you know, like, ultimately wanted to show up Jokic and started chucking threes, which, and it, that's what got the Lakers off kilter. And that's how Denver kind of, it felt like Denver really gave themselves the the cushion they needed to win the game. Even though it didn't like it didn't ultimately come down to that. No, like there I, were more plays in the game. I, I'm with you. When he took that three from the top of the key that and he missed, it felt like that was over. What well, was I, I was fine with the first one. If right after the flop, you want to try and get like a momentum changing play. Remember he caught it. It was one of those secondary break situations where he caught it in in rhythm you know, coming yeah. from the you know coming up behind the defense, if you will, um, and took a three and missed it. If it's just if it was just that, that would have been okay. It was that the next two times down the floor, he also settled for threes that he missed, and that it felt like the wind got taken out of the Lakers' sails there. And then you know, on the other side, you got Murray just hitting these ridiculous shots. I mean, for. You should feel the same way about LeBron taking threes as you did Dylan Brooks taking threes. You know why? <laughs> Mark, Dylan Brooks had a better playoff three-point percentage than LeBron does right now. LeBron's shooting 23%. The only people that were worse than him were Embiid and Kevin uh, Herter. That's it. Like, he he's taken 90 threes, and I think he's made 23 of them. Wow. Like, he, it's a terrible shot. Yeah, he has not been shooting the ball Also, I noticed this last night, and am I slightly biased because perhaps at the time I was on Denver's alternate line? Maybe. But the play where, the play where uh, Michael Porter Jr., like, just bounced the ball in bounds and didn't realize, like, I've been noticing throughout the playoffs, we have an unbelievable problem in basketball today with spatial awareness. We're not teaching the fundamentals. We how many times do you just see guys catch the ball out of bounds and try to shoot? Like yeah. whether it be Well, I will say this, if you've been on an NBA court, like it is with their big feet, it is tough in those corners. Okay, but did basketball players never used to have big feet? Yeah, but the but the three-point line used to I be I mean, different. I know it's been extended, but it, this is we have had an epidemic of guys not knowing where they are on the floor. Yeah. What are you Denver? Makes sense, huh? Uh, <laughs> LA's got Are you high? LA's got free weed, you know, uh well, legal you're... weed too. Free weed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, but legal well, weed. No, I mean that was the most when I that was the biggest when people talk about culture shock going to California, 
for me, it wasn't like lifestyle or anything. It was simply like oh, everywhere you go, you just smell weed everywhere. And yeah. like kids, yeah. it kids was like that when I was there. <laughs> kids when I was there for the playoffs, like teenagers here drink. Mm-hmm. Teenagers there just get high. Like that was <laughs> that was the biggest culture shock. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm a. All right. Let's say that. Yeah. Let's we'll talk we'll more say about PGA some, Championship and, and the rest of the NBA playoffs. We got to get to Blake, so we'll do that next. Also, uh, Jim Brown's passed away. So I know, we'll talk yeah, about we'll that talk about that in the list. Yeah, yeah sad news. The uh, all-time great running back and social activist. Super influential American. Yeah, passed away at 87. We'll get into that in the in the list. But Blake Topmeyer, the SEC columnist for the USA Today Network, will join us next. We'll talk conference realignment with him. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's an Unders Friday in Major League Baseball. I'm Joe Ostrowski here to help you beat the books with BetQL. As we gear up for another weekend of MLB action, it's looking like Unders could be the play. The BetQL model has four Unders marked as four-star best bets on tonight's slate. They even like one of the lowest totals on the board. Marlins Giants under 7.5 is a five-star best bet. I'm Joe Ostrowski. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. At the United States Postal Service, we're reinventing our network to help keep your business moving. With new shipping options to deliver better value, greater flexibility to conveniently reach your customers, more confident shipping with new informed delivery features, and new electric vehicles for a cleaner, brighter future. Fast, reliable, perfectly orchestrated. The United States Postal Service. Delivering for America. Learn more at USPS.com slash moving for all 650 acquisition fee, 30,000 miles, 20 cents excess mileage, Seltos P745-8378, MSRP 23996, Sportage P7173696, MSRP 27077, EV6P5105073, MSRP 49965, includes all rebates and incentives, must finance to Hyundai, excludes tax on license with approved credit, CD for complete details, offer valid through 531.23, dealer stock only, warranties, limited powertrain warranty, CKIA.com or retailer for details. Hey Jeff Allen, you ready to command the road at Gossip Kia South Mount Moriah? Listen to this, Randy. I've got a world performance car, 2023 Kia EV6 wind EPA estimate range. 310 miles at $499 a month, $49.99 due at signing. Whoa! And a 2023 Kia Seltos LX SUV 34 MPG 263 a month, $29.99 due at signing. Plus a 2023 Kia Sportage LX 288 a month, $34.99 due at signing. All 36 month lease. And Kia's 10 year 100,000 mile powertrain limited warranty. So whether you live in Horn Lake, South Haven, Olive Branch, or Memphis, you'll be happy, happy at Gossip Kia Mount Moriah. 2680 Mount Moriah. Or Consumer investigator Andy Wise here. I've covered my share of disasters, and I can tell you the people of Service Master by Cornerstone are the experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. They use all modern methods to repair the damage, be it a home gutted by fire or a five-story commercial building racked by storm damage, with a laser focus on getting your home or commercial building back to normal. Service Master by Cornerstone has the respect of risk insurance adjusters and emergency contractors. It will save your business or home. Make the wise choice for disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone. If you're hiring, it can feel like you're trying to find a needle in a haystack. You can hope the right person comes along, or you can just use ZipRecruiter. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com radio. In fact, ZipRecruiter has helped a lot of business owners find their needle in a haystack. Like Marco, president of operations at Telly Tires and Auto Centers. Because Telly Tires has grown a lot in the last few years, Marco needed to hire everyone from a receptionist to a store manager to a head mechanic. ZipRecruiter helps me find all the right people, even the most difficult jobs to fill. ZipRecruiter helps me keep my business running. Take it from Marco and millions of other businesses who've used ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter can help you find the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-A-D-I-O. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter. 
the smartest way to hire. Texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Haven't seen you around the gym. Yeah, I've really fallen off. Since I turned 40, I just don't get the results I used to get. Could be a lower testosterone. I went through it a while back. I got Nugenics Total T, and it's made a huge difference for me. I've seen that on TV. Is it for real? Oh, yeah. The patented key ingredient is something called Testafin, which helps boost free and total testosterone levels to help you trim up and stay lean. And it's made a difference for you? Man, I feel like I'm in my 20s again at work in the gym and in the bedroom. Are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try it for themselves? Yeah, you just need to send them a text. Text CUT to 42424 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. Plus, text now and we'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, our most powerful fat incinerator ever to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text CUT to 42424. That's CUT to 42424. Products and statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or illness. If you're hiring, it can feel like you're trying to find a needle in a haystack. You can hope the right person comes along, or you can just use ZipRecruiter. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com radio. In fact, ZipRecruiter has helped a lot of business owners find their needle in a haystack. Like Marco, president of operations at Telly Tires and Auto Centers. Because Telly Tires has grown a lot in the last few years, Marco needed to hire everyone from a receptionist to a store manager to a head mechanic. ZipRecruiter helps me find all the right people, even the most difficult jobs to fill. ZipRecruiter helps me keep my business running. Take it from Marco and millions of other businesses who've used ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter can help you find the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-A-D-I-O. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I've got a hunger. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Attention BetMGM fans. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state that you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, you'll both receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. Blake Topmeyer's, of course, the USA Today Sports SEC columnist. His podcast, SEC Football Unfiltered, available each and every week. Kind enough to join us now. Blake, has the ACC officially reached full AAC in which now every single member essentially is just there because they have nowhere else to go. Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say. Um, I think they've probably been at that point uh, for at least a year now. Um, you know, that, that media grant of rights deal is, is keeping everybody in place. And I think uh, a lot of schools are unhappy to be linked to that deal. But uh, what are you going to do about it, right? I, I do think this. Though, I I do think there's a bit of a like. Yes, it is not going to be close to the deal the SEC and the Big Ten have. It still feels like it's going to be right on par with what the Big Twelve and Pac twelve are going to end up with. And I know that upsets the ACC. They feel like they should be the clear number three, but it isn't that. I mean, it's a bad deal, but like I don't think I really don't think these ACC schools are in a terrible position moving forward. I guess it depends on, on who you're trying to keep up with. I think you were hitting on that there, right? If you're, yeah. if you're Clemson and, and Florida state, uh, your idea of keeping up with the Joneses is keeping up with, uh, with Georgia and Alabama and, and the like, um, you know, if you're wanting to keep up with, uh, you know, I don't know, Texas tech, um, I think you're yeah. you're pretty well positioned for that, and I think for for much of the ACC, 
excluding, you know, the, the Florida States, the Clemsons, maybe the Miamis. Um, I think that's palatable. But there's a handful of schools that I, I think believe that they're individually worth more than that. And you could probably make the argument that individually they are, but that's uh, that's not the way it works in, in the ACC. Um, you know, it's interesting, guys, with the reports uh, coming out this week that, that uh, ESPN is going to, in the future, um, you know, off, offer its games directly on streaming. They're going to continue to exist on cable, but, uh, you know, games now that are televised on, on ESPN aren't available via ESPN+. Plus. That's changing in the future, there's there's going to be a streaming only subscription that if the game's on ESPN and you don't have cable, you can watch it uh, on on your streaming deal. And I think when when something like that arrives, we've talked about this before. Brands become more important than markets. If you're at ESPN and you're trying to convert over cord cutters to subscribe uh, to your service that will be featuring games uh, on ESPN on the streaming service, you really need those those big brands. Uh, to convert subscribers, and I think a school like uh, Clemson or Florida State is the type of brand that could do that. Here's something that I've been thinking about and kind of thinking out loud, I guess, if you will. Obviously, they are upset about the TV money, and they see the gap. You know, As soon as the Big Ten deals, new deal kicks in, as soon as the SEC's deal kicks in, we're talking about you know, essentially falling behind you know, $300 million per school. The thing, though, that I have found interesting is Coaches right now are way more concerned about the NIL war chest than they are mm-hmm. facilities, whatnot. Is it clear to you that there's going to be a direct link between how much TV money and what your war chest is going to be? Because as of right now, you can't use that money for that. Like, so I, I do wonder if maybe if maybe they're concerned about the wrong thing because the one thing that really stands out to me right now about coaches, every coach, with the exception of maybe it seems like Lincoln Riley, and honestly, it seems like Steve Sarkeesian, you don't hear him griping, and Jimbo, they all gripe about not having enough NIL money. And like, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if, if, if the TV deal is – it obviously matters to a like, – I think it matters more to the athletic department than it does to the particular football team. That's right, and I think that's a, a, a great point. Um, you know, that, that's how you attack all this. I, I don't think uh, there's a real solution um, to, to bringing your media rights deal in the ACC where the Big Ten and the SEC is. So where you have to attack it is through NIL, um, and I think you can do that there, right? I mean, the athletes um, – the athlete right now does not care what the conference's media rights deal is. They care about how much are you going to cough up to me in NIL dollars. So if you have the best NIL program out there, well, I think that makes you pretty competitive in, in the recruiting space. So, and, and to your yeah. point, I don't even think they care about the league anymore. Like, I don't think they care if they're playing SEC, if they're playing Big Ten. Like, it, it, I don't think the league matters to them anymore. I think it's literally who's paying me the most. For the most, like, yeah, there's a they, few exceptions here and there, but for the most part, that seems to be the case. Yeah, they they still want to play against NFL talent. You know, the the um, the situation of number one recruit committing to Jackson State, uh, who is that, Travis Hunter? Yeah, uh, I mean, th- those are those are few and far between, right? They they still want to compete against NFL NFL talent, but yes, I mean, your direct conference affiliation. Uh, I don't think that matters so much. They want the best NIL deal and they want to be at programs that they think will prepare them uh, for the NFL. So I I do think that uh, the fundraising for NIL probably is the most important thing. Uh, The difference is, you know, those those media rights war chests could allow you to outnumber, you know, your your rival school in a different conference and and analysts, you know, the defensive analysts uh, two to one or the um, assistant coordinator of uh, yogurt distribution in, in the team cafeteria, you know, those types of things. But I, I do think you raise a fair point. Do, do, do those type of riches translate to on-field success in the same way that an NIL machine does? And, I mean, you look at Florida State right now, and I know the revenue distribution has not fully kicked in yet, um, but still, Florida State appears to be doing a really good job right now with its NIL, um, and, and Mike Norvell is having a lot of success via the transfer portal. 
uh, just recently picked up Michigan State's uh, best wide receiver. And, you know, that's why Florida State's sitting here in the preseason as a college football playoff dark horse, I think, with a, with a real chance to win the conference this year. Um, so I do think if, you've, if you have an NIL program in good shape, because you're right, that's what the coaches first and foremost will tell you. That's the key um, to, to future success is having a robust NIL program uh, that can attract recruits. All right, so I'm going to give you a multiple choice here, Blake. Um, so the last two off seasons we've had the tech, you know, right around <clears throat> uh, media days time, you had the first two years ago, the Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC story break. Um, and then last year it was USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, right around the same time. Um, if there's going to be conference realignment this offseason, I'm going to give you a few choices here. You tell me which one you think is the most likely. Is it, um, is it the Big 12 getting those four Pac-12 schools it desires, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State? Is it the Big 12 going a different route in terms of expansion? Is it the Pac-12 expanding? Um, or is it the Big Ten or SEC adding someone else? So, you know, one of the big, the biggest conferences adding someone else. Yeah, I, I think I would say, do I get, if I could get, get to pick two, okay. it's either going to be the Big 12 adding the four that it wants, which will then spur... I guess we could add another option here in the, the ACC. Someone gets out of the ACC grant of rights since that was that's been the topic this week. Yeah, I'm not taking that option. I, I think either the the Big Twelve will complete its seizure, uh, which would which would possibly spur Washington and Oregon into the Big Ten, or that second move comes first. The Big Ten snags Washington and Oregon, spurring the crumbling of of the Pac-12. And, so you're not uh, buying the, the Washington State president says that the Pac-12 <laughs> is as unified as they've ever been. Yes, yes, and, and we heard the, the same thing from from Arizona State's uh, president, but he once employed Herm Edwards. So how mm. smart is he, right? Yeah. Um, but yes, those, those uh, calls for unity uh, are always good right up until the final hour when you all turn on each other with pitch, pitchforks. Um, so, could you see no, nothing happen this off season? Do you think that nothing was going to be happens? the other option? Option I was going to throw out. Yeah, nothing if, happens. If, yeah, I think if if that was an option, I, I would pick that as being the most likely. Interesting. Um, okay. a, a holding a holding of the fort, um, but. I feel maybe like sixty-five, thirty-five in, in that direction. Well, here, here's could we, could here's we a question: Instead of a holding of the fort, could we get like a very minor, like San Diego State to the Pac-12, and that's it? Yeah, I, I think we could get that. Um, well, I think it would yeah, be. It's uh, to me, John Canzano, who I trust on all this. He's basically said the Pac-12's options are adding zero, adding two, or adding four. So if they if if who they else add, would they add besides? I'm who? guessing it's SMU. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be the throw-in. Yep. So here's my question, though. I, would I, would I, that be good? For, I think that would weirdly be good for Memphis, right? Because it would take uh, it would take the. Uh, I don't think you want. I don't think you want other similar type schools moving up while you stay. It would take them out of the big. Like Memphis was never going to be a good fit for the Pac-12, and it would take SMU out of the. I just still think it's like a Big Twelve spot. I think it's net neutral. But here's here's the question I have for you, Blake, because it's something that Mark and I have talked a little bit about. But I'm curious to know your opinion. George Klyavkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, he is clearly keeping this very quiet. Like, if if you read all the, you know, everyone that is having to do the reporting on it, the only people I feel like that have good information are people like Canzano that he's worked for 30-something years and God knows how many sources he has and how, and how hard he's having to work this story. But when you compare it to Brett Yormark of the Big 12, Yormark apparently, if I want to call him, he'll take my call and he'll, <laughs> he'll do a lot of talking. Right. And I'm an absolute nobody. So the one thing, though, that I do find interesting is much of the negative Pac-12 discussion, which it may turn out to be right, but it does feel like a lot of it's coming from the Big 12, who clearly has an interest in it. Do you think we get to a situation where the Pac-12, they're clearly not going to be the Big 10 or the SEC, but it's not maybe as dire as the atmosphere feels right now? Yes, I, I think Yormark has, has worked the, the, the media train 
pretty pretty darn well, and that might be a, a lesson in, in, in the value of media relations, correct? But um, yeah, I, I would you know, I'd argue very smartly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's no real downside in it. Uh, you know, maybe it maybe it spurs for for Pac-12 schools to get cold feet. Maybe it doesn't, but there, there's really no harm in doing that. But is one situation more dire than the other? I still think the the Big 12 is in better shape than, than the Pac-12. Um, how much better shape? It's probably closer than maybe the perception is, and I think that's kind of what you were getting at there because the because the media game that the Big 12 has pretty successfully uh, played, and they added, right? Like, that that's the other thing is they lost. They didn't offset what they lost in Oklahoma and Texas, but they did go out and add four schools, um, and, and four of the best options they could have added uh, from the group of five. And meanwhile, the, the Pac-12 kind of continues to tread water, hold on for dear life, and the most recent development in their conference you know, in the conference re- realignment carousel was them losing uh, two schools. They're, they're two, um, you know, flagship schools to, to the big 10. So I think, you know, all those narratives suggest that the, the big 12 is in substantially better position for the future than the PAC 12. And I think they are better positioned for the future, but I don't think that it's maybe as great is uh, is what you see kind of play out in the narratives. And, and I think that does probably come back to the big 12's commissioner, is is doing a better job uh, working the megaphone. All right, switching course here. I want to talk about two football things. One, Jeffrey, since Blake last joined us, he has graded the SEC football's well, and, transfer quarterbacks. Well, we love to grade grades on this show. And, and we've got a. He's also done other important work. What the top twenty-five got right and got wrong. <laughs> I mean, this this is that's some Blake. I don't know if y'all use uh, TTP. Uh, to yeah. the point, to the point content like Mark does, but let me tell you, what, let me tell you, who's a sucker for TTP content? That'd be your boy here. Oh, uh, well, and here, here's the thing. What's interesting? We had David Cobb on. We graded some of his grades for like off-season coaching hires. And remember how, remember how generous he was with grades. Blake Topmeyer's a tough grader. No one person got a B Respect. plus, and Respect. no one else got higher Blake, than a C. There is nothing. Or a C plus. There's nothing that describes the state of America today quite like great inflation. <laughs> Everybody doesn't get A's. You gave That's so, right. So to run through this, Devin Leary at Kentucky, the former North Carolina State QB, he got a B plus in the transfer portal SEC quarterback rankings by Blake Tomer. How do we feel about that? So I think that's a fair grade. I'm also willing to perhaps I think Leary I I think Dave Doran is like a solid coach. I just hate his offense. And like mm. I've I think Leary might be a little better than what their offense was. They asked him to make a lot of really difficult throws. Like I think Leary can end up being better than Levis. Okay. Oh, I think he will be, and I think that my B plus ranking there is based on uh, he's coming off the pectoral injury, and all all the reports are, are good, right? I mean, of course, you that's always the case, right? Nobody ever says someone had unsuccessful surgery. Uh, if you had unsuccessful surgery, you may not be among the living anymore. Um, so, yes, uh, Devin Leary falls in the camp that had, quote, successful surgery. Um, but I kind of want to see it. Um, how does he look now that he's he's supposedly fully healthy? Uh, if he does look back to that 2021 form he had, you know, prior to the injury, then then he's an A transfer. That is, that is the one hesitation there I have. All right, then he's got Peyton Thorne recently uh... – Transferred from Michigan State to Auburn, he's got Peyton Thorne as a C plus. That's uh, I I grade that an A. <laughs> uh, you said he, he, you you gave him a C plus, and you said it's better than a, their quarterback situation under Harson, though. <laughs> I mean, that's right. I mean, it, the three the three of us marching in there would have been better than the quarterback situation under Brian. Harsin. I mean, listen, I'm undersized, but I can spin it. Mm-hmm. As, but I, I got a small hand, so if, if the if it's bad weather, I really struggle. It's why the uh, when everyone freaks out about hand sizes at the combine, I'm sitting there going, "It's true. Like hand size matters. Like, yeah. it, when if you're going to throw in weather, why not?" But if you watch Peyton Thorne play, he's like, not good. He's just now he's not good. Do you think, Blake? Would you rather have Ashford and the ability to run than than Thorne? It depends. Depends what you're trying to do. I think if you're, you know, trying to do it's kind of the Lynn Bowden thing. 
Yeah. Kentucky did. Uh, yeah, and, two he years says, ago, and, and he is a better thrower than Bowden was. But yeah, I mean, like, my deal is, like, if you're Auburn and no, none of your options are that good, you're better off probably just having a running quarterback and plus wanting it and trying to make everybody play one on one. Which is why I don't understand the narrative that Tyler Buckner is going to win the job at Alabama, even though he is somewhat a running quarterback. He's not the running threat that Jalen Milrow is. Yeah. You've got and, him as and, a C, by the way. Give him a yeah. C. Uh, that is, I, I might. That might he be also true. gave Spencer Sanders a C down at Ole Miss, the Oklahoma State. The Sanders one, the more and more I hear about it, Blake, it's super weird. Like, I, I don't, don't think he's going to win the job. I don't think he's going to win the job. I don't think he's fully healthy. Um, for, for all the hype of, of Ole Miss adding two quarterbacks in the offseason, I mean, sure, if you can do it and not lose your incumbent, why not? They did it. They threaded the needle. Great. But, boy, if I was sitting here today – and in handicapping odds, I'd take Jackson Dart to be the Ole Miss starter and with Walker Howard being the quarterback of the future and Spencer Sanders being like the odd anecdote to this story to a guy who started